Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dave Canales has landed. The Bucks' offensive coordinator is in the building. He showed up on Sunday with his family. And so I think before long this week, maybe by midweek at least, we'll have a chance to talk to the former Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach. I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, and I want you guys to go read it because we're going to talk about other stories that apparently everybody's reading that involves Brady and Katz. stop it stop it already and no i'm not talking about the broadway show but we'll get back to that because you guys have already read it because i can tell just by the meters going off i am going to write brady pets and something every day now for the rest of my life just to uh you know it's funny people always talking about oh clickbait this and clickbait this is really a good story by joey knight by the way and it was about how how brady you know for all the the stuff that was going on in his life um, and he's a fairly private person. He was quietly going to Humane Society in Tampa, like regularly, right? Because um, his kid kids loved uh, loved pets, and Logan Ryan and them got him involved in that. Um, I said I wasn't going to talk about it much, but here I go. Um, and so they actually adopted a couple. But we'll get back. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. First and foremost, Dave Canales, um, a guy whose name was not on my lips when this whole process began. What did they interview Steve? Like ten guys. I think they had like 12 interviews or something like this. This dude, I don't believe he came to Tampa. I think they did this remotely as far as the interview went. Um, 14-year assistant, 14 years out with Pete Carroll going back to the USC days. Just a grinder of a guy in his career. Um, But I found out some really interesting things about him, and I'm looking forward to meeting him. He sounds like somebody that, you would root for, and I don't mean if you're a Bucks fan. I mean in general. Like I root for good stories. This guy's a good story. Um, you know, he he grew up out in uh, Southern California, L.A. area, Mexican American uh, of descent, and uh, his grandfather and grandmother started a church way out there, the Carson uh, Mission Ebenezer Family Church, which was founded in 1959 by his paternal grandparents, and. You know, and, and then of course his his dad took over as a pastor there. His brothers, he has two brothers, both stud athletes. One played professional baseball, that is now the pastor at at the uh, at the mission. Uh, and and Dave, Dave was one of these guys that was always about football. Like he early on, it was football, football for him, and and he was always coaching. Like from the time he was little, so. I'm talking to his brother, Josh, and he's telling me the story about how um, Dave has always been kind of this sports almanac. Like he's one of these guys, and I know some people like that. Um, he's one of these guys that can, you know, quote you stats and and everything because his dad would buy books on quarterbacking, on offensive scheme, and he said Dave would just eat, sleep, and dream football. Now, he's, he's a kid at this point, right? And so they had a, uh, you know, they, they play football in the sandlots and stuff like that. 
And Dave was always out there coaching his younger brother. And he would organize a lot of the, the football games at the local park and whatever. And he said one time, he goes, he took a clipboard with him. Like he had plays and stuff written down. He was 12. <laughs> I love I love that story because it's kind of like, you know how your calling comes early in life sometimes? You probably had a microphone when you were 10, right? Is that what you did? I mean, you probably knew you were going to be in broadcasting your whole life. I don't know. No, actually, um, I had no desire to be in broadcasting. <laughs> okay, well then. My dad uh, was, and so I was around it. But that okay. wasn't well, what I thought I was going to do, and, and that's not what I went to college for, et cetera. But it just kind of happened. Just curious, what were you going to be if you hadn't been this? Um, I started in chemical engineering for three years. Oh, you had a real you had like education and stuff like you. Did yeah, real yeah, stuff. no, and actually, and actually, I, I, after working a couple quarters during college on that, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. So I actually have a business degree. Oh, okay. I have a finance and management degree. Okay. So you got a real degree. You can do anything you yeah. want. Yeah. And then somehow I'm in broadcasting. Well, I mean, you know, for a lot of us, we didn't have very many options. You know, I wasn't good at math. So uh, I knew sports and I knew how to write a little bit. Um, and and now I kind of do both. But um, at any rate, uh, this guy's family business was ministry. And Dave, you know, although also very active in the church, he decided to go sort of the football route. Um, and... He goes to Carson High School, and this is a this is a community where, where they lived in particular, outside of L.A. Um, according to his brother, it was just very, um, very Hispanic, uh, a lot of Mexican American descent, um, and he he said it was uh, he was instilled in him kind of the the migrant um, farm worker mentality, right? Like just bust your butt for everything you got, and um, and so. You know, Dave Dave ends up going to uh, college, Azusa Pacific University in California, which at that time was NAIA. They don't have football anymore, by the way. They dropped it like three years ago, unfortunately. And so he played there. He was a receiver, didn't play a lot, you know, um, but was good at high school and, 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 and went there. And then when he got out of college, he tried to sell commercial real estate. Like he tried to have a real job. And um, and then he went into a leather uh, boot making business with with a friend who who's very his family friend is a very successful um, his name escapes me right now I didn't put it in the story but he's very successful at, at this um, this boot uh, industry and so he traveled the country from New York to Mexico uh, you know suit and tie the whole deal and then he just decided he told his brother his man this gig ain't for me. And so there was this opening that came up as the head coach and offensive coordinator of the freshman and sophomore team at his high school that he went to, and he jumped at it. He was like, hey, tell them I'm their guy. You know, I'm supposed to be on the field. I, I can't sit still. Like, I, I should be running around coaching guys. And he got that job. And, you know, one thing led to another, and, and he worked at a, um, a junior college, I think. And then eventually he gets hooked up with Pete Carroll. And this is like Pete's last days at USC. And he goes there as an assistant strength coach slash, like, you know, gopher, for lack of a better term. I mean, he's he's the lowest level assistant you can have. And after after being um, special teams and, El, and tight ends at El Camino uh, College uh, in, in California. And so, you know, it, it's not a bad idea if you're going to hook up with a coach, is to hook up with Pete Carroll. I mean, how long has Pete Carroll been in the business, right? 
And so he ends up going with Pete Carroll to Seattle. And after, from, from drawing practice scripts and stuff like that, he, he advances as an, you know, an assistant offensive assistant, again, a grunt in Seattle, advances to coaching receivers, then quarterbacks. And he's got guys like Russell Wilson, right? And then Geno Smith last year with all that Geno was able to do. Um, and he's, you know, he's a coach. Right? He's got this, he's, he's had this innate ability to sort of like organize and teach and inspire. And he has this work ethic and everything. And so, you know, the, the interesting thing that I think people are probably curious about, we haven't had a chance to ask Todd Bowles about this yet, but I mean, they had a few offensive coordinators out there in Seattle during the 14 years he was there and Pete Carroll did not choose him. Um, but you know, they had guys like Brian Schottenheimer and, um, of course, uh, Daryl Bevel, the, you know, the not so good call from the Super Bowl when he should have just handed it to Marshawn Lynch or this guy would have two rings by now. But around those great teams, right, the Legion of Boom and, and the offense, if you go back and look, they are overshadowed by the Legion of Boom, but they're very, very good. And Russell Wilson was MVP level, right? He was very good until he, you know, till the end and he got traded to Denver and we know what happened last year. Geno Smith took off. So, you know, so, so I mean, against this, like, Going back to his family, so his his dad was one of these guys who, um, because his grandparents had immigrated here and and they were determined, his grandmother was determined that they were their kids were going to college. Um, David, you know, his parents, Dave's parents, Josh's parents, and and his dad, who was uh, who contracted polio at a young age, almost died, and didn't have the use of one of his arms, his right arm. He ends up going to Harvard, <laughs> so. Over, like, I'm like, overachiever much in that family? Like, no, nah, he went to Harvard. But then he came back. He didn't stay in New England or anything. He came back to um, sort of the barrio, if you will, as his brother called it, where they were raised in L.A. and started working there um, and started a church, uh, which, you know, has become, for lack of a better term, the, the family business, but the family passion. And so, you know, that's sort of what they all do. Dave has written a book. This guy's an author, like a legit, you can go on Amazon, buy his book with his wife, Lizzie. It's entitled This Marriage, question mark. Um, the question that changed everything. And the forward, go get this, Steve. Guess who it's written by? Tony Dungy wrote the forward of this book. Wow. <laughs> Crazy? I'm like, how? okay, so there's a story there, right? Like, how does he know Tony Dungy? Okay, now you start to think, mm, okay, so... Dungy and Bowles, you know, sort of got to know each other last year when Dungy interviewed him, right? Um, and I don't know that Dungy called him and said, hey, I got a guy in Seattle. But um, they met about 12 or 14 years ago. And they were at a, a Christian retreat. Um, it was one of these things where, you know, it was out in Cal- I think it was out on the West, West Coast somewhere. And um, it just so happened that uh, Dungy had some coaches with him, like Leslie Frazier, uh, and some others, you know, that, uh, and they talked a lot about fellowship and they fished and, um, and they hit it off like right away. Dungy was able to show Dave that, you know, you don't have to give up because he was torn. He, you know, he, he, he wanted to go to the ministry and, and he wanted to help people and use his Christian values and all of that. And he said, look, you, you don't have to, you know, give any of that up to be successful. Um, and the big thing is, is that, you know, he was able to show them there are people like himself, like Leslie Frazier, like others, Lovey Smith, that have managed to balance that 
and and still um you know still be very successful at, at their jobs because it's all consuming right coaching is one of those deals and that's frankly why lizzie um the the question in the book is um you know this marriage question mark it, it's really was about one time when he had just been named receivers coach and was this is the off season and they're in february and he uh his wife and the kids were going somewhere in the car uh, they had some suburban or something, and the brakes weren't right, and it was a very harrowing experience. His wife was driving, and somehow they managed to get this car stopped, and they got it in the shop, and while it was being repaired, they had a nice day wherever they were, and they went back to the home, and he had, you know, he has four kids, and he was like, okay, I'm going to go have a beer with so-and-so. And she's like, really? You know, you get that, you ever get that, Steve, where you're like, oh, I'm going to go out and do, oh, you are, are you? Uh-huh, okay, you know. <laughs> And it's not that they say no, but it's a definite no, right? Like you're kind of like, oh, oh, so I'm putting the kids to, to bed again tonight by myself. Is that is if I got that right? I'm going to do this again. So here's a coach, right? And now he's been in Seattle for a number of years, and we know how consuming those guys, you know, work weeks are during the season. Now it's the off season; it's February, and so he decides not to go out, but his friends come over, or his friend comes over, and he's you know he's drinking beer and smoking some cigars, and he, Finally comes to bed, and she's seething, and she can't get to sleep. And eventually, this is all in the book, by the way. I'm not making any of this up. Eventually, um, he's ta- he tells her the news. Like, hey, um, this is great. I've just been named receivers because I get to coach a position. Because at that point, you know, he had not been. He'd been an offensive assistant and stuff. And she's like, oh. And he goes, yeah, how great will it be that I can have our players over here, you know, guys in my position group, and they can witness our marriage and, and our Christian values and all that. And she's like, what, this marriage? Oof. That's where the question came from. <laughs> so then it was like, well, aren't you happy? He's like, no, I love you and I love the kids and I think we have fun together. But no, you know, this is not going the way we had said it would go, you know. Um, and and so they, they reprioritize. It's a really... It's a very, and I read a good part of the book. It's, it seems to be extremely honest, and I think for anyone, um, you know, that, that is married or not, it's about relationships, and it's really good. So, yeah, I mean, this guy has layers. I like that. I, I kind of like that. I don't know anything about him except what I've written, and the more I got into his story and his family, um, all of them successful, his brother played in the Dodgers organization. He he played at the University of Florida college baseball. How about that? Didn't know that. Did wow. you? Wow. Josh Josh Canales, yeah. Yeah. Uh out of high school was drafted, didn't sign, went to Florida, played a couple years and then transferred back and played at UCLA. And then he uh was in the Dodgers organization, an infielder, played a lot of different positions on the infield and was, you know, pretty good hitter, hit about 270 or something in the minors. Made it to AAA for one game. He mostly played. His two years he played uh, were in the Florida State League in Vero. Um, so he's familiar with Florida, obviously. And we, we went to the University of Florida. And um, he just decided that, you know what, the the calling was not baseball. Uh, he was called to to be a pastor in their church. And he wrestled with it. And he decided, no, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so he left uh, professional baseball. And he said, God called me out of baseball. And 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 he said, I think, he thought David wrestled with that too in his 20s, trying to figure out, am I supposed to do ministry full-time or am I supposed to do coaching as ministry? 
And so he chose the latter. His, his other brother, his youngest brother, Koba, he played football and baseball. This guy, he also um, went to Azusa for a while, and he, and he also he went one season to Penn. He played baseball there and football, and now he's an associate pastor with the family church. So it's just, it's, it's a, he's a fascinating guy. Don't, you know, and, and, you know, the big thing was, well, he hasn't called plays since high school, right? He's kind of grew up doing this. You know what I mean? Like this is not, and again, there's a nuance to calling plays. And in the NFL, I imagine it's even, it's even trickier, right? Because every coach you face is the best in the world, right? Every defensive scheme is is designed to stop what you want to do. And let's be honest, they're not going to have the quarterback. I don't think certainly it's not going to be Tom Brady or we don't think it's going to be Tom Brady. Um, and so there's a big drop off, um, you know, to Kyle Trask or whomever they would bring in. And we can get into that an, another day, probably on the podcast about who I don't think they're bringing, but there's not going to be, I don't think any big ticket names coming through here. And so this guy has a lot of work cut out for him. And I don't know if he's going to have a quarterback's coach or if he's going to coach the quarterbacks himself. We'll find all that out, I guess, uh, when we finally meet him in the next couple of days. But, you know, I don't, you don't really know, but he's prepared sort of for his life and he's climbed the ladder, um, as Tony Dungy says. And you know what? There's been some other coaches that weren't first choices around here that worked out okay. And there's been some that didn't. <laughs> Greg Shiano was not a first choice. He did not work out well. Tony Dungy was not a first choice. Tony Dungy was their third choice. You know, they went after hard. They went after Jimmy Johnson. Um, they went after Steve Spurrier and offered him the job, and he slept on it one night and looked like he was going to leave Florida and didn't. Um, and Dungy had interviewed like three times with this team before he finally got the job, and and you you know you know what he's done. So, um, you know, you got to give him a chance. And he's not getting the same hand that Byron Leftwich had, but they're not going to do what Byron Leftwich wants to do, and that's the key. Like, what does Todd Bowles want? What is it about this guy? that meshes with Todd Bowles' philosophy. And the simplest thing is they run the football. You know, Seattle ran the football, and they ran it really well. You know, they, they were like tied for fifth with a four-point yard, 4.8-yard uh, per carry average, and the Bucks were dead last at 3.4. And that's a significant difference, right? You're getting four, seven, four, eight a carry. Uh, you don't have to give it to them too many times to have a first down. And Geno Smith threw for 4,200 and something yards. And he had 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And Geno Smith, nobody was banging the drum for this guy. Now he's going to make a pretty big contract as a free agent going back to Seattle, or at least it seems like he will, before you get excited about Geno Smith coming here. I think he's going back to the Seahawks. But they got a quarterback named Drew Locke that's been out there. And Drew would certainly be a guy that they you would think they'd have an interest in. So, you know, the, the, the quarterback market is going to settle here in the next couple of weeks. Um yeah, as, as free agency starts and we get towards the draft and maybe some teams will wait until after the draft, but um, we'll find out more about that. So I don't know. What well, I, I think you got to give him a chance, Steve. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, this is not going to be an easy year for anybody. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to scrutinize this choice because I don't mm-hmm. think he was their first choice, but it's not, they got a guy that's, he's put in, he's paid his dues, you know, and everybody has to start somewhere calling plays. He's but definitely he's paid, paid his, his dues. dues. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely paid his dues. It's look when you coach for Pete Carroll for fourteen years, you're going to learn a lot. He's one of the mm-hmm. more successful coaches in the NFL. Period. No question. Yeah, 
Hall uh, of Fame. Played, he's played with some great talent, or he's coached, you know, some great talent out there mm-hmm. as a quarterback's coach and others. Mm-hmm. I, I understand some Bucks fans not being excited about this pick, but yeah. quite frankly, which which one of the coordinators they interviewed would you have been excited about? I mean, I think they would have loved Munkin, right? Munkin, of Munkin course. has, but yeah. Munkin was here. You know what's mm-hmm. funny about Todd, and I, I think Todd is terrific at what he does. And in fact, I think Todd's going to be a head coach one day. And I think that's probably why he left Georgia to get back in the NFL because it's very mm-hmm. hard if you were the team that goes to semifinals and the, the hiring cycle is all messed up for college football as far as that goes. Um, and, and with Lamar Jackson, I mean, they could win a Super Bowl. I believe that. I think he's going to be great for Lamar. If Lamar stays, he's going to be franchised, whatever. But Todd, Todd Munkin was here. <laughs> and he was here with Jameis Winston in, in not Jameis's first year, but Jameis's second, third, and fourth years, right? Um, and so they didn't get that done. Now, again, you can't blame the offensive coordinator. He only called plays his last season here, and the team itself wasn't great around him, but Jameis wasn't great. They did do some things, though. They, they you know, when Fitzpatrick played those first three games and Jameis was suspended, the one year Todd called plays. They lit up people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown that he can run the football at Georgia. He's shown he can run some RPOs, some looks like that. He does a good job using his talent. They didn't have great receivers. They had some tight ends. They, they made use of whatever they got. Like Todd's a smart guy. I think he'll figure it out up there in Baltimore. But I would imagine that the Bucks they had him in here, one of the first guys they talked to, and, and he I think he interviewed twice for him. Um, the Ravens interviewed like 14 guys as well and ended up with Munkin. I think he'd have been a, 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 a you know a much more favorable choice by them, perhaps. Um, the other guy they really liked was your Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. quarterback coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he was offered the job, to be honest with you. And, again, we'll have to get that confirmed. But, but it seems to me that um, he made a pretty good choice because Brian Callahan we interviewed for both the Colts and the Arizona Cardinals job, bound to get one of those probably next cycle when there's going to be about seven or eight, I would imagine, uh, head coaching jobs. And when they do, um, Dan Pitcher will be in line to be the Bengals coordinator with, you know, the greatest one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. I mean, why wouldn't you want to stay in Cincinnati, right, versus maybe come here for one year? Um, and that's the thing. I, I mean, you know, Pete Carroll, you know, just looking at the, at, at the different decisions, right, like, like Pitcher had to make to stay with Joe Burrow and, and, and maybe he gets that job in a year versus a guy like Dave Canales who's been there 14 years with Pete Carroll. Well, Pete Carroll's going to – he's going to resign here soon, right? Like he's not going to – he cannot coach forever. So there was some talk that maybe he wouldn't coach this year, but let's say he only has a year or so. Right, maybe he's got one more year left. Well, this guy could be looking for work next season, and this way he elevates himself as an offensive coordinator. Again, there's only 32 of these in the world, um, and you know maybe he makes this thing go. You know, maybe maybe he gets them back in the postseason. Maybe they win nine games. Maybe they win ten um, if they find a quarterback and you know things go well. Um, but this made sense to him, where it didn't make sense for a guy like Pitcher. You know what I mean? It just didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, and and look, he's paid his dues, and I can understand why some fans aren't overly yeah. excited about him. But Never heard of him, yeah. I, I think the biggest part of what's going to affect this team is what's the roster look like and who's your quarterback? That's the two I things. Mean, the offensive really, coordinator is important and is extremely important. but Quarterback's the whole thing. But quarterback and which players are going to be shed because they're $55 million over the cap. Yeah, 
No. I mean, no, this roster is not going to be the same. So, no. and, and are they going to bring in any free agents? Of any, no. I mean, you know, they're obviously you have to field a roster, but yeah, you know, I think so there's, be... there's not being excited about the offensive coordinator. If you're not, I, I don't know if he'll be successful. He may be great. He may not be. Yeah, but a lot yeah, of it's going to depend on what what pieces he has to work with this season. Yeah, certainly he won't have what Byron Leftwich had, right? Mm-hmm. He, at least at least after the first year, Byron had. Jameis Winston, one season, wished he had him longer. Jameis threw for 5,000, 33 touchdowns, but also 30 interceptions. So that's why they moved on when they had a chance to get Tom. Um, mm-hmm. And, we, you know, this clearly won't be a Tom Brady year or doesn't appear to be unless he some miraculously comes back. So I think it'll be less than that and substantially less because I think they're getting their house in order. I mean, they're not giving up on the season. And no one just says, hey, you know what, Mm-mm. let's just use – Todd Bowles and just get through the year. Let's 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 tr- you know Trask tank tank for Trask or tank tank with Trask so that we can get you know the number one pick or something. Eh, that discussion doesn't happen. Mm-mm. It just doesn't. You try to win with you know. Granted, you got to get your house in order. You might say we're going to take more of our salary cap you know dead money this year instead of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's you know and that's just part of what the Rams are going through. It's part what a lot of teams go through and they win a Super Bowl. Um, and the Bucks tried to stretch it and they did for two years and they went to the playoffs twice and they won the division twice and they just didn't get back to the bowl. So now it's time to get that house in order. It doesn't mean you, you punt on the season. Seattle, people thought they were dead. You traded Russell Wilson. Are you kidding me? You have no quarterback. Well, they're going to get killed. What are they going to do? Well, they got all those draft picks from Denver Mm-hmm. They look pretty smart now, and Geno Smith was a comeback player of the year. So it happens. They were 9-8, and eight, made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You'd take that if you were Todd Bowles next season, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I think every Bucks fan would. Absolutely. In a rebuilding year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know they say they reload. Yeah, you okay. Yeah, well, but, I, but really. I don't think it's so much rebuilding. It's it's zeroing out the salary cap, essentially. I mean, that's it. the salary cap is, a, is an accounting principle. It's not actually – a hard it's not real salary money, cap yeah. because contracts are not guaranteed. It's not That's like right. some of the other sports where it's kind of a hard salary cap. This is a very soft mm-hmm. salary. It's all based on voidable years in the future and how long contracts are, et cetera, but That's they're not right. fully guaranteed. That's At right. some point, when you've pushed that money forward, you've got to pay it off. It mm-hmm. looks like the Bucks are going to pick this year to pay it off. One, because so. they got hit with $35 million worth of Tom Brady's retirement. Yeah. And you know they knew that was coming due at some point, mm-hmm. and now you're still twenty million over at the cap after that, thirty five million. So at some yeah. point you've got to get an order, whether it's this year or if you try to push it another year or two or three or whatever. At some point you're going to pay it due. It's it looks like due. looks yeah. like they're going to take on a brunt of that this year. Now they could surprise us and change it. I mean, you know, if Derek Carr decided he wanted to come here, maybe maybe, maybe then they do push more money out. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we don't know yet. And and I, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat this weekend, <laughs> once he comes out of there and I don't know if white smoke comes out of or black smoke Hello, comes darkness, out of. You know, my old friend. You know, comes yeah. out and then we kind of start the quarterback carousel in the NFL. You know, I, I don't know. But it, it said, who's going to be the quarterback? And, and, yeah. and what are the Bucks? I don't want to say investing because, I mean, they're trying to win. They just may not use the full salary cap this year because they owe money that they've pushed forward. So, yeah, you know, what, what but I resources? think it may depend on, you know, who they can get to determine what they do. 
And the dominoes have to fall. And I think I think Aaron Rodgers is one for sure because a it, when he comes out of the dark, is he going to play? That's the first thing I say he's going to play because he's got a hundred million dollars guaranteed that says he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know the, the Packers have said they're willing to trade him. Okay, where does he go? Does he go to the Jets? Does he go to the Raiders? Um, and that will determine where maybe Derek Carr goes, or maybe where Derek Carr goes determines where Aaron Rodgers goes, or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo goes to wherever, you know, the if the Raiders don't get a guy, right? Maybe maybe the mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo goes there to to McDaniel, and and so there there is going to be um, some dominoes that have to fall, and then that leaves all the guys we've talked about that aren't big ticket guys. My understanding. And it's just this because I know people love to blog off our podcast. Did you know that, by the way? Mm-hmm. So everything we say becomes a headline, which is great. Um, my understanding well, is we're show that, prep for the Tampa Bay media. So <laughs> yeah, we are show prep Tampa Bay. We should rename this thing now um, instead of Sports Day. Uh, the The fact of the matter is, is that even a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, um, who has been injured, right? That'd be your my biggest concern. I'd have a lot of concerns with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I don't want my wife watching him on TV every day. I just don't. It's not good. Um, there's this that. marriage, then, yeah. This marriage, exactly. That football team, that quarterback, yeah. This quarterback. Um, so there's that, and uh, and and I'm not alone in that feeling. Just ask Sarah Walsh; she's unabashed about it. Uh, and any any so so okay. So even Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get paid. Someone's going to pay him, even though he's been hurt more than he's played in the last two or three years, right? But someone will pay him, and it's not going to be these guys. Because if you're going to pay a quarterback, it's not going to be someone whose history of playing, you know, not playing 16 games is, is sort of on the edge here. And, and so you go, all right, well, you're not going to pay Garoppolo. Who would you pay? Would you pay Aaron Rodgers? Well, maybe. But then Aaron Rodgers comes with a whole bunch, you know, a whole carousel baggage over there, right? Like, Year to year, you got to go with this guy a little bit like Brady. He's kind of like, oh, you want to play again? You know, what do you think? Are you, um, and and by the way, Green Bay is not trading him to an NFC team. Forget about that. He's not. He's going to go to the Raiders, or he's going to go to the Jets, or he's going to go somewhere that is not in the NFC. They've done this before with Brett Favre. Remember the Bucks were in it for Brett Favre. There was a bunch of Dewey defeat Truman headlines in the Tampa Tribune that didn't occur. Favre did not come here. He got traded to the Jets instead. Played one year there, then retired again and came back in Minnesota. Um, so he's not coming to the, to the NFC, I don't believe. Um, but you, you kind of have to wait for these to fall. And I think it's more likely they get a Jacoby Brissett or they get a Baker Mayfield or they get someone of that ilk, a Drew Locke, right, to compete with Trask. And Trask will get a chance to win the job, but they're not putting it all on him. They have to have more quarterbacks. They have to have somebody that has played or, or can play or can win the job or win games if they need them to. So that, that all remains to be seen, but... Um, Dave Canales and his family is here. His beautiful family has three girls, I think, and a boy. Um, we'll get a chance to meet him. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing what other coaches uh, they may add. They're going to add Brad Idzik, who is the son of John Idzik. And Brad was an assistant receivers coach, I think, with Seattle, coming home because uh, John spent a lot of time, still does, here in the Tampa Bay area, former general manager of the New York Jets, who, by the way, hired Todd Bowles. And so there's your connection, right? There's there's somebody that Todd Bowles knows very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's one coach we know that they're bringing in. I would I would assume to coach receivers. 
Um, so there'll be more and, uh, you know, they got to get a running backs coach and there was about nine of them that left three, um, retired and, and six others were fired. Um, but yeah, starting to shape up. So we'll talk more about that this week. I'm sure we'll have, uh, more, more coaching news. And then, you know, Dave Canales will, will appear, uh, over there at some point at one buck place. And we'll have a chance to talk to him and talk to Todd Bowles about the process, which was 27 days. 27 days to um, hire a, um, an offensive coordinator. Pretty amazing. All right, uh, we'll wrap this up here in a second. I want to talk about the lightning a little bit and some other things. But first, I want to save money for you guys on your electric bill. Mine is going up. I have to do this. I think you should too. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for a dozen years. Now, there's a lot of these companies out there, and I'm sure you've been solicited before, but May Electric is committed to you for the long term. Here's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Three decades, man. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the made difference. Now, if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing so you can see what they're going to install. Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors, so you know all the guys up there doing the work, those are Billy Mays guys. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve the quality of your life and of your appliances through every season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. A couple things. Uh, you know what? For a, for a day without football, like a weekend without football, and this is, is this the first or second weekend without football, I think? First weekend, right? Super Bowl was last Sunday. No, right? hold on, hold on. You had the USFL or no, the XFL. Which one? Which one played this week? I didn't watch God, it. It was the XFL. XFL. That's right. That's right. Anthony Beck, who I know, is a head coach. I saw that, and there's some things that happens now in the XFL that I think the NFL is looking very closely at. One of those being that instead of an onside kick, you can, if you can convert a fourth and fifteen, you get the ball. You maintain the ball. Which is which is what they did. <laughs> they came back and they they had a couple miraculous uh, possessions at the end, and they they wound up coming back and winning. I believe I did not watch the XFL. In fact, I, I watched a lot of dance with my daughter at Dance Makers. <laughs> wow, what a convention that is in Lakeland! Oh boy, uh, but they did very very well. So I caught the end. Here is what I my viewing. But for a day there, that you know, you think well, no NFL. You had the NBA All Star Game, which mm-hmm. by the way. Maybe the worst All Star game. I, it should go the way of the Pro Bowl, and I know they have the dunk contest. Well, which it is practically phenomenal. is. I mean, that's what. It, it, yeah, but I mean, why play the game, right? Like my my son. So it's the game started, and it's the first four or five baskets, and mm-hmm. my seven year old goes, "Is this the slam dunk contest or the All Star game?" <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, because no one plays defense. He's just like, Whoop, "Go ahead, dunk the ball, LeBron." Here you go. Um, it's a joke. And there, there was, I think the, I think the first half score was like 99 to 97. Yeah, the first quarter like was 46 that. to 46. Yeah. I saw that. I mean, really? Um, so there's that, that was unwatchable. But then I got home and there was like 30 laps left of the Daytona 500, right? Car run good. Hate for the crew. Boogity, boogity, boogity. So I'm all excited. I'm like, good. I can watch the, I can watch the end of the great American race. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR, baby. It doesn't, this is, they begin the season with their best event, right? This is the big one, all right? So I'm watching this, and, and, and it's racing. We're racing, and Danny, uh, I think it was uh, 
Let's see who was uh, Amarola was uh, near the front yeah. at one point. Eric Amarola, yep. Eric Amarola from Tampa, he's from this area, right? Hillsborough High. Yeah, Hillsborough High's own. So I'm thinking, wow, this could be a you know, local guy could win. And I'm watching this race, and it's like, oh, there's a caution. Okay, well, no problem. So there's about 15 laps to go. Okay, so I get to restart with about 13 laps. All right, here we go. And they're racing, and a bunch of cars needed gas because you know you just got to top it off. You got to top it off real fast and get back out there. So it's like it's all about who can calculate the gas. So they're back out on the track now, and and now Amarola's falling back. Now he's up to fourth again, and there's a wreck, and it's a caution. They're you know big, fairly sizable wreck, um, and the caution comes out, and so you're like, here we go. So they're going to have to run um, two laps now. This is the you know, since 1989, they've added this thing, or 1990 or something like that. They had this thing where you got to run two laps or whatever. Uh, and when the caution is, is done, they give them the checker flag. So it's two laps to the winner. Um, and then they had another wreck. And this time, I think Amarillo caused it, actually. And so had to restart again one more time, two laps. Now, if if a wreck happens after the first time through and they, they give you they give you the, the you know, like this is the checker flag lap, right? Like the last lap, whatever that flag that comes out is. Um, and so they're going around, but behind the pack, when I say behind, I mean like behind the first three cars, basically. Uh, and I think Amarola might have caused it or was certainly highly involved in it. There, I mean, it's a pileup. I mean, everybody's taken out now. But so you, you freeze the positions you're in, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wins the Daytona 500. But he wins it essentially on, a, on you know, with the caution coming out a second time on a, rest, on a you know, the two-lap thing. Is this, is, could there not be a better way to, like, 500 miles? What was it? It was the longest, I think, Indy 500 that they've had. The longest uh, Daytona 500 ever, as Daytona, far as mileage. Did I say Indy? Yeah, Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I have seen this now. I I have to have seen this a bunch of times. I could be wrong about the Daytona 500. It feels like the ones that, and I don't only watch this and and um, a couple other races during the year, but I try to make it a point to watch the Daytona 500. It always seems like it's going to come down to you know, have a restart, and whoever crashes is out, and and the goal should just be. Hang as far back as you can because everybody in front of you is going to wreck. And if you can just hang in there and not run out of gas, which is what Stenhouse did, you know, I think on some of the restarts, he, I think he started the race like 31st, if I'm not mistaken, but like it was mm-hmm. way back. And he never pushed himself way up there until all the cars were knocked out. And then he found himself, you know, in a restart and he just pulled ahead and, and he ends up winning because of another caution. There's got to be a better. It's got to be a better way, man. Well, this but here's, not... here's the hard part, and and I agree with you because it does seem like this happens at least in the races more I'll, frequently I'll too. And I, yeah. I used to be a bigger NASCAR fan than I am now. I mean, I, I was I'll, too. Occasionally, I was I'll too. watch it now, but yeah, everyone's going for the win. I mean, the whole reason that those wrecks happen at the end is because I'm in fifth place. I got one lap to get to first. I mean, they're trying to win. Which is what you want in sports. Which is what you, you want, want to do. I, I, I'm good in fifth place here. I'm just going to roll here. I mean, you want them to no, go. No, I want them to win, but I mean. But, but that's what causes the wrecks is that, you know, you've got yeah. 10 cars. The top first 10 cars are, are all trying to win the race and with one or two laps to go. And Well, yeah. and, the rest, you know, the restrictor plate, like the, all the cars are are close to the same, right? They're all, 
bump mm-hmm. drafting and working with their teammates and trying to get up front, you know. And, you know, sometimes they go three wide there at Daytona. Um, and, and at 200 miles an hour, there's not a lot of room for uh, for uh, a lot of margin for error here. I mean, it's 200 miles an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So you get just a little bit bent and, you know, guys bump drafting and get out of line. Like, Ooh. And then, you know, everybody's within four and a half inches of, of everybody at 200 miles an hour. So then it's just an accordion. You know, I mean, that's that's what happens. You get one of these accordion wrecks and it's just whoever can survive it or, you know, be far enough back to where they can avoid it. But, uh, man, it's just I don't know. So Stenhouse wins. He had I don't think he had won in forever. The ju- um, I mean, July of 17, I think, was his last one. Yeah. Two thousand days or something like that. Mm-hmm. The last thing I heard about Ricky Stenhouse was that he was dating Danica Patrick. That's what I know him from. That's that's much what he was known for before this. (laughs) No, like I looked it up. It was like five years he dated her, Um, and that had to be right before Aaron Rodgers, I believe, because I think I think it was either before or after. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was before, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So that's what I knew him from, (laughs) and and she hadn't raced in a minute. So yeah, I apologize to all you people who are out there and 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 love nascar and love racing i have butchered everything about it in fact we go back a couple of weeks ago we're watching uh the exhibition out there at uh the clash the, out in la at the coliseum in la the coliseum yeah we didn't know what the hell that was either um but that's hey that's what was on tv man and i i turned it on and i really did i wanted i wanted to see a good finish right and to me that's not very exciting unless you're ricky stenhouse and then mm-hmm. you won your first daytona 500 so you know, it's all all counts, man. Good for him. In the Cottondale number forty seven. Forty seven. It's a standalone car too. It's a it's a you know, it's a one car shop. It's not I know. You know, one I of know. the big I think that's kinda cool. I mean that, That's cool. Yeah. That someone in a one car shop can still win the Daytona five hundred. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean he had to grind to do to have one car and, and look it it means a lot to them and to the crew and good for him, but yeah, kind of anticlimactic a little bit. And then, of course, like I said, the NBA All-Star game was almost unwatchable. It was just not very good. But... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're going to have a lot more of uh, NFL news coming up because we've got the Combine not too long from now. In about a week and a half, two weeks, I'll be off to Indianapolis um, to talk to both Jason Light, Todd Bowles, new coordinator, I'm sure, again, some some offensive and defensive coaches that they hire. Look at the draft. Bucks picked 19th overall. Kind of hard to figure out who's going to be there. But... There'll be some interesting things happen above them, of course. And you got to look at the quarterback position, too. And I think um, I'll be talking with Matt Baker a little bit about Anthony Richardson. What do you think of that if you get to the middle of the first round and he's still available? Would you take a flyer on him? Do you think you Bucks fans bigger needs? Do you think Bucks fans would be a little scared because sure. of Kyle Trask? 
coming from Florida. Uh, and and granted, we have no idea what Kyle Trask is going to be in the NFL. I mean, he's played two years behind Tom Brady. He's got do the, we not be on the roster know? twice, suited up <laughs> once, and you know. Do we kind of know though? Do we kind of know? We think, I think we do. Kind of know. We think we do. But did anyone think Brock Purdy was going to do what he did when he got in? Uh, I mean, it's an, it's an apples to oranges no. comparison, particularly with the team around them. And, and I, I was, I, I was going to say, I said, if Brock, if if Kyle Trask were coached by Shanahan and maybe Brian Greasy, and he had that team, I don't. Again, I think we're selling Brock Purdy short. The guy's pretty special, mm-hmm. even though he's Mister Irrelevant and doesn't have the strongest arm. I mean, Kyle Trask has a strong arm than Brock Purdy. But my um, point is, wait, is, did any fans think Brock Purdy was going to do anything? No. No. And, and, and do you, I mean, do, do the fans think Kyle Trask can do? I, I, I don't think the Gator they fans think so. do. Oh, Gator fans do. Well, Gator fans do. Gator. And, and he hasn't had a chance to show anybody anything yet. Not on the field. Not, I mean, not you know, on the field. To the fans. To the fans. I mean, at the Bucks. Yeah. You know, one buck place. Yes. They've seen yeah. stuff in practice. They see his work ethic and what he's doing there. But we don't he, know he what just, Kyle Trask is yet. Uh, Yeah, no, I guess we don't. I I can't sell Kyle short because he's not played and he's not played with Mike mm-hmm. Evans and Chris Godwin and behind that line and you got to give him a shot. I the one thing I will say, it just in the time I've been around him, whether it, it really doesn't matter who you're playing with, right? Like football's football. Like you, the job of the quarterback is to complete passes, right? And in the NFL, the one thing Tom Brady did better than anybody I've ever been around or ever seen is. The man completes a lot of balls. The mm-hmm. like, there are games like cause I'm used to. You know, five years with Jameis Winston. If he hit 15 out of 30, you'd be like, "Wow!" And, and I know the stats will say that he was better than that. I'm sure he was 60 percent or whatever for his career. But like, if I just watch Kyle, like to me, he doesn't complete enough passes. And I mean, sometimes easy throws, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes just a stick route. Sometimes just a just you know, running back in the flat, like balls at his feet. You know, like the one thing I would say is that I, I, I want to see him complete balls. I want to see the ball come out. I want to see it be accurate, you know. Can he throw it hard enough? Yeah. He can break your nose, you know. His arm's not elite, but he can break your nose, you know, if you stand there and let him hit you with it. But I want to see him be that guy that, knows where the ball is going and be accurate and throw it into tight windows because that's what the NFL is. The NFL isn't wait, see if he's open, and throw it to him. The NFL is anticipate he's going to be open and throw it to that spot on the field where the defenders are not, and your guy will be. You know, there's amount of trust, it's anticipation, it's accuracy. You know, open in the NFL is is covered in college. And that's the first thing you have to do is like get that out of your wash that out of your mind. It's like, no, that guy's open. Well, he looks like he's covered. No, that's the NFL. He's open. And 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 so consequently you gotta make really tight throws. And I have not seen Trask consistently do that in practice, although I don't get to watch him practice much. I'm talking more about training camp, preseason, things like that. To me, he just doesn't complete enough passes. And if he can do that, then he could function. You know, he can move the team the way Brock Purdy moved it. The way now, Todd Bowles and you know Dave Canales, they've got to run the football. Like he, you want you, they want to run the football as a, as an organization as a coaching staff. You better figure a way to do it. And if you do, then I think Trask could be fine. You know, 
Does that mean he's going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know if I'm ready to give him that yet because we haven't seen him and they haven't seen him. So he's going to get his shot, but they're not just like, this is not one of those deals like, well, we've had this guy for, for two years now and he's ready and he's our guy and we're going, this is, this is, we can't wait for the Trask era to begin. There's no one over there saying that. What they're saying is he's going to get a shot. He's going to get a shot. Let's see. We'll find out now. Now's the time, you know, but what he's been working on for two years, as far as learning the offense, that's out the window because him and everybody else now has to learn a totally different offense. He's worked on fundamentals and his feet and different things, but everything he's learned, he's got to unlearn and that's not going to help him either. So we'll find out. But yeah, to your question, what would be weird is to have two gated quarterbacks, (laughs) neither one of which (laughs) battling it. I don't know if that's happened before. Right. Um, But Richardson, who couldn't complete, talk about a guy who didn't complete a lot of passes. He had a couple games where, I don't know, he was like 11 for 30, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the scary thing. But the upside, the ceiling on that guy is enormous, right? Mm-hmm. The floor the floor is really low, <laughs> too. Like, really low. I but think his ceiling, success in the NFL, or lack thereof, whatever yeah. happens, will depend mm-hmm. on where he goes. Where if he, he goes, goes to a who, good team, who's coaching him? Right. Who you know? Does he have to step in immediately? I don't think you want him starting day one. They didn't start Patrick Mahomes day one, and look how he turned out. Right. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers didn't. I mean, you know, Tom Brady yeah. didn't. I mean, granted, no one expected Tom Brady. Would you, to be Tom so Brady, for that but, reason, would you would you take? We'll discuss this more as as the days go on. But would you would you would you take a flyer with all the needs you have on this football team? Right. Say it depends on who's staring at you at nineteen. If if you stayed there, there might be an offensive tackle that you really really need. There might be mm-hmm. a, an edge rusher that you really really need on this football team. But because the value of the position, right? Like you get, look, Jason Light, Todd Bowles. I don't care who's over there. Their job security is only good as the next good quarterback they draft. That's really it, folks. You know. They they managed to get five years out of James Winston because he's the first overall pick in, in the Glazers mm-hmm. and everybody else thought it was worth riding it out, and they did, and it didn't work, and then Tom Brady showed up. But Tom Brady had not shown up. They were looking for a quarterback and had to have found one that could win. So if you can't do it in free agency, and we know who the free agent quarterbacks are and what they cost, and there's only there's a bunch of teams looking for those guys, then do you do you just do you try to find them now? Do you do you take that flyer on a guy that uh it, he may amount to nothing because his, his, his floor is really low. But if we take him and he does turn out to be because of his skill set so incredible, he can run, he can throw the mile, he can, you know, at times he looks like the best athlete on the field. Do we just take that chance? Do you take the chance and go, you know what? What the hell? Let's see what we got here. I don't know. It's I go back decision. to what I've said all along. Mm-hmm. How secure is Jason Light's job? How secure is Todd Bowles' job? Because if you're taking a project that's not going to start this year and you're fighting for your job, it's you're tough. Not, you're not going to take them. It's tough, even though it may be in the best interest of the organization. It's tough. I mean, I, I don't think you can ever go wrong taking a flyer on a quarterback if you have him graded and you're not reaching. And, you know, he's at the right level. I mean, that's the most important position on the field. Period. It's a lot easier if you've got a guy already in front of him, though, isn't it? If you've got Alex Smith instead of, and, and Patrick Absolutely. Mahomes can sit the bench, or if you've got, I don't know, um, 
I'm sure there's other examples, but you had Brett Favre in front of Aaron Rodgers. You had yeah, Brett Drew Bledsoe Favre in front perfect. of Tom Brady. I mean, go exactly. back. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean those quarterbacks. Trey Lance Peyton, in front of Brock Purdy. Yeah, right. But Peyton Manning and and Troy Aikman, you know, took a lot of bumps and a lot of oh yeah, a lot of bad. rough games, and you know they bad. had to jump in right away on bad yeah. teams. Jameis Winston, yeah. same thing. Awful. Yeah, you know, uh, you can never go wrong taking a quarterback if you think they have a chance to be good a very good starter in the nfl yeah i i i would say this about jason like i i think he's pretty secure i mean he's got mm-hmm. a lot of tenure with this organization and he may get a chance to hire another coach and draft another quarterback as far as i know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i do know this about the nfl it is a not for long it really is a not for long league it's mm-hmm. what have you done for me lately and i don't care if you're the glazers or anybody else or how many trophy look they i go back to this John Gruden won a Super Bowl in 02, and then he won the division a couple more times, and he had some down years. And the last year he coached here, they had just given the man a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. Now, we could do a whole show on John Gruden and what went wrong, right? And they were bringing in free agents, and they had the uncapped years coming up, and we've done it. We've talked about that. However, they fired John Gruden, and they fired Bruce Allen. They just gave him both three-year deals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, there is no job security in the NFL. It, you're really a Super Bowl. Maybe that buys you a couple of years. I, I guess, you know, um, division two back to back division well, titles. That's the bigger question is something, is right? How much do the Glazers believe in the plan that Jason Light and Todd Bowles have yeah. presented? No, that's true. They're doing. I mean, you know, and and those are things we don't know, and no. we may never know. We, but and. and I, it, I think the flyer on a quarterback, particularly at 19 potentially, when you think there are three or four quarterbacks may already be gone. Right. So you're at that point, it may be an Anthony Richardson who's probably not ready to start day one. Nope. Or, you know, a Hendon Hooker who, you know, may not be ready Coming to play physically. Coming off ACL. Yeah, yeah, may not be physically ready for, for game one. Right. You know, and, and, you know, that's where organizations, when you have a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're making decisions based on keeping a job mm-hmm. instead of what's best overall long term, it, it it can really hurt an organization overall. I think Dirk Cutter's last year, that was what was happening between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis. Now Jameis was suspended the first three games, but then Ryan Fitzpatrick went off. Then he went south really bad, and you put Jameis in. He did okay, and then went south, and you put Ryan because you were Dirk Cutter was fighting for his job. He was trying to win, yeah. You know, I mean, probably he should have stayed with Jameis Winston that whole year. After once Jameis was put back in, probably. Yeah. But yeah, but he did have that trying to keep his job. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he's not necessarily doing what's best for the team and the organization, particularly long term. Right. But he's doing. But but you know, if if I'm not here next year, what does it matter anyway? So I'm going to fight for my job. Can't blame him or fault him. Right. Well, Todd Bowles is fighting for his. I don't know about Jason Light, but Todd Bowles mm-hmm. definitely is. So if you're Todd Bowles, you're like, look, um, I'm not going to put it all on track. And I know he likes Kyle, but I also know that he's not going to put it all on that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet my career on one player mm-hmm. that has never played, especially when I don't know how good my defense is going to be. I got 24 free agents. I got $55 million over the cap. I'm lucky to retain, you know, Jamel Dean, right? I'm lucky to get mm-hmm. Levante David back, like, I've got needs on this team, offensive line. I may have to cut Donovan Smith. I may have to cut, you know, Leonard Fournette. I need a kicker, which is going to cost you a ton, but I need one. And we know with this team's 
history has been with kickers since before Ryan Suckup got here. So, like, there's a lot of these things that are going to go on, and he needs to win. And he needs to win pretty soon. I mean, he did win, right? He won at NFC South, but no one's given him any credit for it because, A, Tom Brady was his quarterback, and, B, you won eight games, and then when you got to the postseason, you got blown out in the first round by Dallas. So that's kind of like, you know, yeah, but. It wasn't even a winning season. And so that, while it should, you know, satisfy some people, it's not going to satisfy the Glazers. They want to win championships, man. They they want to be relevant, you know. Now, mm-hmm. I think there's a recognition that they're not going to do it all in one year. I think they know that they've, they've begged, borrowed, and, and otherwise – um, for three years, and they know that that bill is due, and they got to pay it. And and Todd Bowles is a head coach, but they also got to give him a chance. It's a it's a real tough needle to thread. It really is. It's hard to it's hard to be a team that still thinks it has a window to win and is looking for the next big quarterback, and also has salary cap issues. And 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 you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you you know, and and it's important that they win. I mean, it's important to every guy over there. You know, it's important to Jason Light too. Um, you can sit here and go, well, he's got job security, but what is that in the NFL these days? So, um, yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting year. It really is. And I don't, I don't know the answers to all that. We'll delve more into Anthony Richardson, you know, as the years, the, the days, years go by, as the days go by, it feels like years as the days goes by and, and we get, uh, get to Indianapolis and start to see what the buzz is up there and what are the quarterbacks are falling and who's rising. And, and there's always surprises, you know, along the way. So anyway, um, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mentioned that uh, I stayed up the other night and watched them lose a very late-night game to Las Vegas. It was a weird game because it felt like they were back in it. Early third, 4-3, to three, they wound up losing, I believe. I don't know if there was an empty netter at the end. I don't think so. There was, and then uh, they scored a goal after that, so it ended up being right. a one-goal game. It ended up being a one-goal game, but yeah. Um, I guess a pretty you would like to have one more tie or win along the way, I guess. I mean, you got then, five out of eight points. You could have had eight yeah. out of eight. You could have, yeah. I mean, Arizona, you probably deserve two points in that game. And to be honest, yeah, they goal, played pretty well against Vegas. It had some weird, goofy things in the first period to give up those four goals, but... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. They, they actually played pretty well. I mean, it was just kind of weird. And, I mean, Vasilevsky lets one leak through him a little bit, and just stuff you just don't see. And yeah. end up losing that. But, I mean, you could have taken all four games in that road trip. You're... Five, true. You know, you said going in five points out of eight, you'd have spent. That's a good road trip. Yeah, but yeah. you feel like you left the left some meat on the bone. You definitely did. You definitely did. You could have you could have won a couple of those games and and didn't. But you know those those are not easy swings with the times that zones and playing it. You mm-hmm. know they had one game I think at noon what Pacific time and or one o'clock and then one late night at ten thirty Pacific. Like they were all over the place. So. Um, they come home and, and who they play next? They got Anaheim in tomorrow night. All right, so we'll uh, check back with you guys tomorrow. Plenty of Bucks news, I'm sure. More fallout uh, about their coaching staff and the rest. Keep it on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times for all the latest on that. And when that uh, news conference will be with their new offensive coordinator, Dave Finales. So that will be something to look forward to. Thanks for listening. For Steve Versnick, I'm Richard of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.